0: heads together Jesus where you're in your presence today we want to welcome you Lord we want your presence among us we want you to speak to our hearts reveal yourself to our lives your God that heals every disease even down to sin sickness Lord, you know how to deal with hearts and lives, and we're asking that you would do it, Lord. There are those here in the presence today that they've got desperate needs. There's needs in their marriage, in their home. Lord, a lost loved one that is there floundering out in sin and they're desperate for deliverance. Men and women, write me from all over the world. Pray for my wife. Pray for my children. Pray for my son-in-law. Pray for this. Pray for this sickness. Lord, your pride around the world needs a touch from you. We're just asking God that you provide that touch. You're a miracle-working God. Lord, we believe that right now this month is a month of miracles Lord we've been through the trials of 2020 when in order to see miracles and now we're seeing miracles Lord today we're looking for miracles we're speaking miracles we're professing that you're the God of miracles that you can reach further down than what we can look up You can reach right down to the gutter of where men and women are and find them the lost and bring them in that the prodigals will return home that the spirits that have them bound will be loosed from them today. Lord, oh God, and for your people, many of them sick, even ministers, pastors, evangelists, beloved evangelists, have sickness in their home with this COVID. Lord, it's a virus, an unseen virus, but there's an unseen hand, an unseen hand reaching out, doing miracles this day, raising them up, lifting them up, causing their faith to rise to the level of the promise. And I'm asking God for that deliverance. Lord, months ago I Zeri in a bedroom asleep, woke up in the middle of the night hearing the songs that we shall see miracles. We shall see giants fall. Hallelujah. We believe, Lord, therefore we speak, and we profess, Lord, you're the miracle-working God. And though it seems impossible to man, it's not impossible to our God and to those that believe. I pray as we read the word of God together today that you will inspire our hearts to believe. Lord, open our hearts to receive of you. We give ourselves to you in this service today. In Jesus' name. Thank you, Father. And the church said amen thank you Lord for your goodness let's just give him praise right now amen that's right give him thanks give him praise he's the Almighty God amen God bless you thank you for being here today and thank you for the wonderful worship of the Lord that we have had together we're going to turn to Joel chapter 2 verse 25 for our scripture reading this morning. It is a prophecy of the last day that where we are fulfilling what's happened in the pouring out of the Spirit in, in the, um, the upper room, and now we see God pouring out the remainder, the last of His Spirit here in this last day as He finalizes the work, and the last few receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. Amen. Aren't you glad to be one of those last few? Yes. Amen. So he says, and I will restore to you the years that the locust has eaten the cankerworm, the caterpillar, the palm of worm, my great army which has sent among you. And you shall eat in plenty and be satisfied and praise the name of the Lord your God that had dealt wondrously with you and my people shall never be ashamed. And you shall know that I'm in the midst of Israel and that I am the Lord your God and none else in my people shall never be ashamed. And it shall come to pass afterward that I will pour out my spirit upon all flesh. And your sons and your daughters shall prophesy. Your old men shall dream dreams. Your young men shall see visions. And upon those servants and upon those handmaids in those days will I pour out my spirit. Amen. God bless you today. You can be seated Greetings to all of you around the world as those are tuning in from South Africa and different other places, and, and we'll be listening to this in Australia, New Zealand, different other places. They don't need to hear me. They just need to hear Jesus. Amen. Amen. We're just one of the many that God has called and ordained in this day. We have no special, um, uh, no special place in the body other than just as a minister of the gospel, and so we, um, we uh, you don't need to even hear my, need to know my name to go into rapture. You just need to know Jesus. Amen. Amen. Praise the Lord. Nice to see you, Sister Margaret, today. God bless you. Welcome today. Amen. Been a while since you've been here. And each one of you that are here with us today, we just welcome you. In the, the, there's the Arbogast back there. God bless you. Nice to have. And a new baby. Amen. My, let's welcome them today. Amen. We appreciate that. Praise the Lord. Amen. That's wonderful. We we appreciate um, uh, that family very much, and we thank them for being with us today. We're going to look into the Word today, as I had promised to do last week, and do part two of Is There Hope of Revival? And we dealt with what the Pentecostals are looking for, and, um, uh, you know, last week and that revival and the ending of that divine healing revival. And we showed how that um, we're not looking for a, another divine healing meeting like that. Brother Branham said it never was God's will for all of that. He said it should have been in every church and every service laying hands on the sick and they shall recover. But God had to do that to get our faith back in the promise. And so, uh, again, um, we, um, we, we find in the message, um, uh, you know, Br- Brother Branham preached a sermon called Trying to Do God a Service Without His Will. And many are calling for revival, and they're calling for America to be revived. And we dealt with that. They cannot be revived because they have crossed the line between judgment and mercy. And so, uh, again... Um, but we, we, we of course are looking to the promise. What is there in in there for us, the bride of Jesus Christ? Amen. And um, Brother Branham spoke on this, um, trying to do God a service in um, Shreveport in 1965, and one of his last sermons that he would preach before he <coughs> departed, and. Um, and he, he said, God is sovereign, you know, and, and we find this is true. God is so sovereign that when he's sovereign in the way that he does things. Nobody can tell him what to do. You can't make him do anything. You can't really call God down and make him do something. Uh, God does things on his own. And when he does, he puts things in the hearts of men to begin to call upon God to do things. And, uh, and, of, so, and of course... Um, he said that God is sovereign. You know, that people are wondering why we can't have a revival, but God is sovereign. And they have tried for the last 120 years just to revive Azusa Street, and they've not been able to do so. But um, he said, I, I was discussing with a group of my fine brothers that were Baptist brothers and said, they told him, he said, Brother Branham, we can only have a revival um, if we would take word by word, by word, and page by page, and by letter, and um, and and he says, I believe, I, I believe too, page by page. They've been trying to do that all along, but they said, but we must have the perfect um, Greek uh, interpretation of the word, what Greek the Greek um, has says, so that we can have a revival, and it will take getting the word, uh, you know, every word translated with a perfect meaning. And um, he said, well, you know, I hadn't read too much, but reading the history of the church, Nicene Council and the pre-Nicene Council and Nicene Fathers, they were arguing back there about the Greek. He said, that was 2,000 years ago. And one would say it means this, and the other says, well, it means that. And said, just like our language, you know, you, you can have different, a, a word and it will uh, have maybe the same uh, sound, but it will have a different meaning depending on how it, it, it is uh, being used. And um, so, you know, it's, um, and he says, and he said um, to them, he said, um, but, you know, God, uh, wrote it like that and he said all of this trying to interpret it and getting everything just perfect he said all the word of god is inspired and he said I, I jesus said i thank thee father because you have hid these from the eyes of the wise and the prudent but you reveal it unto babes such will learn it's a revelation of him and so they said to do this he said it won't work to, to get this uh, a new interpretation. As you know, there's probably, well, I don't know how many interpretations today of the Greek. I've got a, a Bible that contains 40 of them, uh, you know, the, the different uh, Greek uh, interpretation. But he said, a revival will never come until God, the sovereign God, sends it. And then he might take up a little nitwit that can't even sign his name and do it with it. He said, that don't even know good English, let alone the Greek, and he said that's what he did when he, Peter preached at Pentecost. You know, this man couldn't sign his name; he was ignorant and unlearned. Amen. But he said God does things that are so strange to our intellectual thinking. But um, you know, the the different ones they they all thought they had it just right, but God went down and got fishermen and then bypassed the. Caiaphas is the high priest and the, the learned man and the scribes and the Pharisees and took a little ignorant fisherman that couldn't even sign his own name. And, and so he, he takes something that out of nothing to do something for his glory because uh, he's the God who would take a world that was in chaos and make an Eden out of it. And then he, Brother Branham uh, shared his views of this and he said, you know, he said if anybody's got the mechanics for a revival, it's our brother, noble brother Billy Graham, uh, but he said mechanics is all right, but the mechanics won't move it. It takes the dynamics to move it. And he went on to explain to these brothers that you can take and build an automobile, put fine seats in it and have fine pistons and prove by science what it can do, but unless... The dynamics is there. She's just a dead piece of goods. And so, you know, he, he, he said, um, um, you know, there, there again that people are getting, you know, the, this. He said, but and, and trying to work up great things and got the mechanics for it and, and, and the system, the education, the, the religious system, the seminaries, everything in place to try to bring... A revival, And he said, but you let God in his sovereign grace just speak to some little nitwit, a little nobody, and let his spirit fall into a city when man can't go to work and women can't wash dishes and the maid can't make the bed, or a- screaming and crying with their hands in the, up in the air. He said, that's revival in the will of God. See, it's not something that is drummed up and made up and worked up. It is something that is sovereign. And he said, you know, again, he, he gave the, the, the testimony of the Welsh revival when some fine, dignified men came from America and went to Wales there to find out what was, um, how, how was this revival, how was it made, how can we duplicate this? and so they went looking for the welsh revival and they they saw a, pe- a policeman there on the side of the street and he was directing traffic and said sir can you can you direct me to the welsh revival and he said you're right here i'm it right. you see revival is not in a building come on, come on. it's not in a certain uh, group right. revival has to come in sons and daughters of god and, he, and so it's sovereign when and God—that's what God does. He has a—he alone has the right to send a revival, and not get the mechanics together, but begin to pray for the dynamics. But so many other message communities are void of the dynamics today. All they got is a Billy Graham type of mechanics. Even the conversions that is offered by, is, a, is a Billy Graham type of conversion of easy believism. Billy Graham, you know, just come up and receive Jesus as the Lord of your life and confess I'm a sinner and accept him as your Savior. And, and what did he find after they made their profession of faith? He himself said, I'll have 30,000 converts and I'll come back a year later and I can't find 10 of them. And, and of course, um, he, he blamed it on lazy preachers who he would give the invitation cards to that they signed, I've received the Lord, and they didn't go and follow up and make a visitation. And he blamed it on lazy preachers and rebuked the preachers. And Brother Branham said, that's not the problem, Billy, you're missing it. He said, the real problem was you didn't take them far enough. You got them to make a confession of faith but you didn't take them far enough. And today it's not come up and accept Jesus, but um, just sit in your seat and accept the message and, and, and Brother Branham is the prophet. And I'll tell you, that's pure blasphemy to call that the new birth. Amen. No wonder we got a bunch of rotten eggs in the nest today. They have never been with the male bird. Amen. They've never received the life from Christ. Now, of course, um, Brother Branham told us this himself in the message, Perseverance. He said that's the way that people does about coming to Christ. They lay the foundation. I want you to listen carefully. They lay the foundation of believing on the Lord Jesus and accepting him as personal Savior and maybe going on to Christian baptism. But when it comes to following on through... To the baptism of the Holy Spirit, somebody explains it away from them. And that's the reason they are the seed fell by the wayside or fell on stony grounds. Or let me add, you know, fell among thorns. Whirling has come and choked them out. And they lost the victory that they did have. And of course, this brings us now to the cycle of revival and death that we are experiencing in the world today. Today. And, and this is would begin with um, Revelation 2 and 4 that says, Nevertheless, I have somewhat against thee, because thou hast left thy first love. And now, to, to understand this, you've you got to realize that the, the Spirit was not just talking to Ephesus alone. Um, but, you know, but rather that history keeps repeating itself. And so it's just the same thing would happen with Israel. We would see a revival in one generation, only see the fires fading in the next. You can see them, um, you know, again, in those cycles that God would send, um, you know, a a prophet or he would send a, a judge in the book of Judges, and there would be a revival and a turning back to God. And, and then they would, uh, you know, as that kind of grew old and, and, and the judge would go off the scene, well, then the next generation was less fervent and, you know, less ardent about the truth, and, and they began to let down the bars as it was. And the next thing you know that that generation would die and, and, and they would become, go back into idolatry again. And God would send another judge or another prophet or in, in the king's case, a righteous king. And there would be a revival, and restoration of the word. And Ezra would get up and read the word again. And the people would stand, dedicate their hearts to God only to fall away again until they would finally be carried away in the (laughs) Babylon. Now, so this is the way that we see it. Revival in one generation, only see the fires fading in the next. In the third generation, maybe an ember glowing a little bit. In the fourth, you know, there's no vestige of that power and that original glory even found. All you have to do is look at some of the moves that, that we have today. John Wesley's move, great move of God. Only to see them go into such disgrace until now they're just an LGBT movement. Now, isn't that right? Man, you were there, wasn't you? Yes, sir. You, you know what they had in their pulpit and what they were advocating Amen. And nobody would do a thing about it, would they, Brother L? Stand up, Brother L. Give testimony to that right now. I walked out of there. You walked out of there. Amen. You know why? Because a man heard a voice that said, Come out of her, my people. That you not be partakers of her pledge. Hallelujah. Amen. Then, you know, again, then, then, then of course it would go down and God would light the flame again. You know, it's a manifestation of this truth. God doesn't have any grandchildren. Amen. Amen. And salvation cannot be passed on by natural birth uh, at all because it's impossible. Right. And people get born into a church. And, uh, you know, after a while, well, I don't know if I believe it like they do. And, and they begin to compromise a little bit and become real liberal in their beliefs. We got a bunch of Democrats sitting on message pews. Amen. Amen. Somebody didn't hear that, did they? Amen. That's exactly what I meant. A bunch of liberals who, who aren't unable to judge between right and wrong. And let me just tell you while I'm there Republicans can't either. They're as backslidden as the rest of them. Amen. But uh, but again, it shows us salvation is not passed on by natural birth. Every person must have their own revival. Every generation must have their own revival. Every person must have their own chance at the word. And that's what we got to keep offering in our churches is, is uh, their chance, your chance, to have your own revival. So you can be like the policeman standing on the street and say, I am that revival. Amen, that revival is in me. I am a living representation of that power of God that changed my life and made me a new creature in Christ. Not just take on a denominational name that we now call message. And many of them are just as locked up as tight as denominations are. And they are part of the group that have been indicted in this generation because they crucify the effects of the word. Hey Amen. You know, I, I realize a lot of things I'm going to say today that a lot of, a lot of guys maybe couldn't get, get by with. But I've had 50 years of preaching this message. I'm not talking as a novice. I've been there, I've watched it, I've seen it. Where the people were the fervent desire to please God, that passion to know his word. Oh God, I know, I know with me, you know, when I was a boy, shoved my books in the locker, got my spoken word books, had me a two hour study hall. Maybe you can't do that and, and get you a PhD. But I'll tell you what, I hadn't needed one yet. Right. Amen. 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 Maybe, maybe you don't call that very smart, and I'm not condoning the ignorance. I think you boys need to get an education be able to, uh, to, to be able to support your family, especially in a day when we tell our sisters they really ought to be homemakers Amen. and stay at home and raise children. Yes. That's still the message career girl in this church that's still the message and those of you pursuing a career you're as backslidden as backslidden can be and you lost the real vision of why you are here well that's gonna cut your ties in half brother Tim if it ain't never been my ties it's God's ties and he got he's got the cattle on a thousand heels. he's always provided <laughs> I'd rather, I'd rather see mothers at home and raising their children to serve God Amen. than to see them out here with some of these godless babysitters. You girls ought to have an ambition. I'm going to be a mother. I'm going to be a Christian. I'm going to raise my children to serve God. That's my ambition. But it's pounded in you in this liberal modern society. I'm a feminist, and this moves right into the message. No, I didn't plan on preaching this, but it's okay. It's still the message, and you men ought to have a goal. I'm going to make it where my wife can raise my children and nurture them, and you young men ought to have a goal. Okay. Okay. You forgot your rotten tomatoes and eggs. And this is a good thing. Because I've got a few more things to say today. That fervent desire to please God, that passion to know his word, to cry for reaching out in the Spirit begins to fade. And instead of that church being on fire with the fire, God has cooled off and become formal. And of course, this is what happened. That abandonment to God. That hunger to know his word. You know, to, to get into the message, oh, you see, that's so archaic and so out of step. Thank God is out of step. It's the only same thing left. Yes, Everything else are voices of insanity. The people change their manner of dress, their attitudes, their behavior to get lax. Why? Because the cycle of revival and death has never failed. We look back at the last move, the Pentecostal move, where men and women were dressed like Christians. They went to church. They prayed all night. They stood on the street corners. They weren't ashamed of the manifestations of the Spirit. Amen. Amen. They left their old dead churches and and worshiped in homes or old store buildings. I think sometimes we need another revival like that. Where we leave some of these old dead churches. Amen. And we're, we're that we're not ashamed of the manifestation of the spirit. Amen. But but somebody that's got reality. And soon the freedom of the spirit was gone. Oh, they kept on with the form. Because the Bible said they would have a form of godliness, but they would deny the power thereof. Now, so again, the power to do what? The power to live an overcoming Christian life. Now, but uh, but again, Brother Branham preached a sermon called, How Can I Overcome? And in there, he was talking about how to overcome against this Laodicean spirit. And he says that, but he he said, I chose this text. Because we should never let that spirit of revival die. Amen. We gotta keep in revival constantly, Amen. revived every day. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Amen. Amen. Stay in the spirit, Amen. stay in the word, Amen. hear the voice of God. Amen. Amen. Come on with me. Yes. I, he told an the experience of crossing an old log. And he'd stepped out on it, was across the creek. And he stepped out on it, a big chunk, fell off, and he must have all, almost fell into the water. And he said, It looked good on the outside, but inside it was just doady and rotten. He said, it, And he said, That's the way Christians are becoming. And this is what caused him to preach this sermon. He looked at that log that was laying in the water, and he said, And he looked, as he stepped back and looked at it, he said, that's the way Christians are coming. Now listen, he wasn't preaching this to the Pentecostals. He was preaching this to his own church. Amen. And he said they've been dead in sin and trespasses so long till they become dotty; They can hold no weight at all. They don't know what overcoming means. So he said that's when I began to think of this text. And he said, there you go. You take a Christian that's supposed to be a Christian, and you let the life of God go from him, and the experience and the joy of serving Christ and living in a church where such is going on, and he rottens twice as quick. Oh, my. Now, so again, we, we look at that, and, and, and we begin to realize, oh, God, keep me true in this hour. Keep me fervent. Don't let me be lukewarm. Now, so in this, he even describes this, I and mean, I'm going to read this. And instead of paraphrasing it, he said, "I was talking to someone the other day, and said, and he made this observation: they're very careful, even many of the holiness group, not to call the Holy Ghost Holy Ghost." Because they identify themselves with Pentecostals when they do that. They say Holy Spirit to keep from saying Holy Ghost. Because the Pentecostal common people just call it what the Bible says, Holy Ghost. Which Holy Spirit and Holy Ghost is the same thing. But they're very careful about it. Listen. They don't want to be identified with them tongue speaking people and that's the Holy Spirit itself. That's right, that's right. That's exactly right. That's right. Now friends, bring it right on down to our generation, down to 2020. Right, As Brother Branham would preach and ashamed of him, he said they blushed to say, I speak with tongues. Yes, I believe in visions. Amen. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Now... And he said, what happened with these kind of people like this? He said, they, you know, when, when the enemy went out under sanctification and go back to conversion, you get baptized, you believe, you make a profession, you get baptized, and, 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 and whatever. When the enemy went out under sanctification and they were washed out, then that spirit come back and found that house empty and not filled with the Holy Ghost. And the, and the state of the church becomes seven times worse than itself, than it was. Amen. And so there again, you can look and you can almost look at every move that there's been. When they refuse to go on with God, when they lost their revival, they become seven times worse Amen. until God identifies them with their mother whore and calls them a harlot. And the judgment is on them as well as is with Mother Whore, the first, the first denomination, the Roman Catholic Church. Now, the, you know, the second reason that people, that revival dies, another reason for no revival is because we're predestinated. And we're secure and the rest can go, can go to hell if they want to. And there comes no burden for the lost. And there comes no outreach into the spirit and no no travail of soul for those that are lost. No concern. And, and Brother Branham told us this in the fifth seal. He said when John Wesley came along after Zingley had come and Calvin and he got to church. And, and Calvin got to church to a place on security. They didn't want more revivals because whatever's going to be is going to be. That was all. And they just lived any kind of life. So again, we can come to the point in our minds, what we hear, we're the predestinated bride. We're we're predestinated to be there until the point that we just become locks. Well, we're going to make it. The Word said we're going to make it. We're predestinated. Well, I'll tell you what, if you are predestinated, if that is your destiny, there's going to be a fire and a drive in your life pushing you to that destiny. Not some laziness after God, not some formalism, not some lack of prayer and consecration, but a people who know their God. And those that know their God really know that God do exploits. The third reason revival dies is because God in every age sends a messenger. And we're in the last age. This is the last message. And that message there, um, light comes to him, to the messenger. And then from that messenger, there spreads the light to the ministry of others. Um, who have been faithfully taught. Amen. But those who... Of course you go out don't always learn how necessary it is to speak only what the messenger said. Remember Paul said the told the to warned the people say only what he said first Corinthians 14:37 If any man think himself to be a prophet or spiritual let him acknowledge the things that I write unto you are the commandments of the Lord. What came the word of God out of you or came into you only? He said they add here or they take away there, and soon the message is no longer pure, and the revival dies down. That's right. How does the revival die down? By adding two. You know, we we, we got to embellish the message a little more. we got to make it something that, that it isn't. got to add our own little thoughts and twists to it and where the ministry gets puffed up. Amen. A little, little revelation comes to him, maybe an inspiration. Oh, brother, glory to God! You know, do that again, and he, he goes and he tries to do it again. And the next time, it's not the inspiration; it's his own ideas. And oh, he brings his great sermon up. You know, I, I, you know, we, we, we get to the point. Where it's the, it becomes in the message, the seals, the seals, the seals, the seals, the seals, the seals, the thunders, the thunders, the thunders, the seals, the seals. And the seventh seal is this, and the seventh seal is that, and the seventh seal is this. And we go on and on, and we forget. That's not the way Brother Brandon preached the message. He preached on the seven seals, and he come back and preached, the world is falling apart. And God in simplicity... Amen. The flashing red lights are the sign of his coming. And warning, then judgment. And all kinds of different messages there. Is your life, not your wife, is your life worthy of the gospel? Amen. He began to, he, he, would, he would go and, and preach on these different things. And then he would come back with Christ, the mystery of God revealed. Amen. The seven the seven trumpets, the feast of the trumpets, or, or some of these other great, great things that were, that God would expand, but then he would come right back down and begin to preach on things that dealt with your everyday Christian walk. Because I don't care how much you're here in your knowledge. If it don't, if it don't come down to a Christian walk, it's worthless. Amen. First thing you know, a man would say, well, I can read between the lines. Well, you can't read between the lines of Brother Brandon's message. The message was taking the Bible and the stories of the Bible and reading between the lines. We already got what's between the lines, and it matched what was on the line. But you know, we, we didn't, revival dies down. First thing you you know, they don't want the Holy Ghost moving in the songs. They don't want the Holy Ghost moving in the pew. All they want is some dignified intellectual preacher that can never bring a revival because he don't have a revival. He's got knowledge and intellectualism instead of the Word of God, and it don't produce a life. Brother Branham tells us that every fresh and true revival because men got back to the Word in their age. And he said every age was a rebuke. You left the Word of God, repent and come back to the Word. And I say, I say, we need a repentance. Across the world we need a repentance. And a coming back to the Word. Then you wouldn't have these stupid ideas that Christ has left the mercy seat. Amen. Then you wouldn't have this blasphemy that is going on. The, that man is already saying, well, you know, we're, we're already in the rapture and to the point. They do away with the literal return of Jesus Christ. <laughs> Brother Branham said in World Falling Apart, our great fine training of ministers has taken place of all night prayer meetings. So we've trained preachers. And the old time way back to God, we used to get to God. Instead of having preachers, we got lecturers. Men who know the word just as well, they can sit there and put together in such a way that it's astounding how they can do it. They know the mechanics, but it ain't the dynamics. We want the dynamics. I don't care about the mechanics. I want to know the dynamics. What does it do? Amen. He said, I don't know how that car runs. It's got pistons and cylinders, and I don't know as much pressure, how much pressure it used. The only thing I know is the dynamics. Put her out there and drive it. That's what we know. God made a promise. I'll pour out my spirit upon all flesh. Your sons and daughters shall prophesy. How's he going to do it? I can't tell you. I just want to know the dynamics of God's system. That's the main thing. You know, when Brother Branham left here, he left us a car that would drive. It would run. He left it running. Amen. As I've said, it would drive down to healing. It would drive down to miracles. It would drive to the real power of the Holy Ghost. It would drive down to the, it would take you to the baptism of the Holy Ghost. It went somewhere. Amen. To a holy life, to godly men and women. Brother Branham talked about seeing a train. He said it had this Zephyr engine. I don't know anything about it, but, you know, it looked so pretty. He went to the dining room, and the Pullman showed him um, all the different, um, uh, or the, uh, to the Pullman, and, and it was showed by the conductor all the prettiest uh, things, the bells and whistles on this beautiful train. He said about like churches today, big spires and Ph.D. and L.L. Oh, Oh, no. They ain't educated, maybe. But, you know, in in school and learning like that, but they've educated themselves into the message. Where it's just a knowledge instead of a life. And he said, standing behind the pulpit, fine robe on, curly hair, bow and said, oh, man, the prettiest. He said, brothers, I'm sick of this Hollywood evangelism. But he said... "Um, uh, you know, he said that, that um, as, as he looked at that train, he, he went through it and he said, well, when's it going to move? Can it move? He said, no. Sir. Well, he said, I'd like to take a little ride. He said, it can't move. I said, why? He said, there's no fire in the engine. And he said, that's what's the matter with the church. It's flushed up and decorated up with no fire in the engine and you can only move by the fire. Amen. So, what we need today is the Holy Ghost and fire. Amen. Now, the, the message that the prophet left us had fire in it. Amen. It had power in it, had deliverance in it, had the Holy Ghost in it. Amen. But that's what's happened. So many have accepted the tradition of easy believism, the message of Billy Graham. And instead of the message to Abraham, and that will send you to the tribulation just like it did to Lot. And there are many message churches preaching their people into a tribulation because they're not getting the token. Now, again, Brother Branham said, you know, we, about that, he said, you know, again, he would go through it and he, he says, You know, he said, "Um, what good is this automobile in it? What good is the lights or fixture if there's no current to go in it? We got the mechanics, schools, and educators can train man, stand the pulpit with such manners till he's an eloquent person. And that still don't bring the power of God. Where is the power of God that used to be in the church? Where is that Pentecostal blessing that used to flow through the churches? Now, I'm just going to give you a cue. There'll be just one or two, maybe, in my whole sermon that I'll refer to before 63. These are all after the seals in case you want to disqualify this. You know, great. forgive me. Forgive me for a moment. And pardon me, you know, if I step on someone's toes. But we've had great intellectual teachers like Brother Lee Vail. And where did that take us? You know, look at the folly, the powerless group of people. Look where that group ended up. I, I stand there. I've watched them for years. You know, where, where did that group end up? You know where that group ended up? We don't have no power. We have no miracles. We have no signs. We have no wonders. So they went back to return ministry and said, oh, we, you know, it'll never happen until Brother Branham rises from the dead, and then we'll have the, the power again. Nothing's going to happen until Brother Bradham comes back. Let me just correct that for you. There ain't nothing going to happen until Jesus comes back in the church, in the midst, and in the ministry, and, and people quit putting him out of their churches like a bunch of Laodiceans who have closed the door on the Holy Ghost and the power of God. While I'm cleaning the house, the other side, the Coleman Thunder Group, all screaming and hollering and claiming that to be the Bride's Revival, yes. calling themselves the Headstone Ministry, people all jumping up and down and shouting, and, and you know, one group of them, you know, crying out to their preacher, calling him Elohim, Elohim, and another uh, kind of saying that their preacher is the Holy Ghost, and and, and you know, what nonsense! It's idolatry. Yes. Amen. And then, you know, jumping up and screaming and calling that the bride's revival, which is nothing but a bunch of man-made emotional workup. I'm not going to preach for this. Don't turn it on. But this is the way they do. They'll make their point, and then they'll hold it out to you. You scream. You're supposed to scream. You're supposed to holler. You're supposed to stand up. You're supposed to. And they work up a crowd. And you're no different from these Pentecostals that blow in their microphone and people fall over everywhere. You get people to jump up and down, you can train them to them. That is that is a form of worship where the power is denied that really changes lives. Amen. And what's more he said, there's where Satan got in to make it all mechanics. That's one movement, and and no dynamics, and then back all dynamics and no mechanics. We got to put the two together. We got to come back to power. We got to have the power of the Holy Spirit, but we got to come back with the word to feed this machine. You see, people make their balance or lose their balance. You clip this wing, and it's. No, you know, it's all Word, and, and, and this one over here, the emotions is clipped, and you just flop around in a circle. Get over here, and you got all emotions, and the Word is clipped. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Amen. The Word. The Word. we got to go back to the Word to feed this machine. The Word. Not, not creeds of two lords. Amen. 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 And the rapture is over. But the Word not Coleman's thunders. Brother Vail was a teacher who, who, who thought he was needed to help Brother Branham say what he could not. You know, he was the Aaron to Moses that, did, you know, that didn't have his own method, and, and so he was the Aaron to Moses. But remember, the Aaron to Moses didn't have his own books that everybody quoted were the exalted teacher over the prophet. And it's not a Coleman and want to be a possible to, to, to bring clarity to the message. Again, to help Brother Branham say what he could not because Brother Branham never taught the, the thunders were the virtues. Amen. They, and, they, and they too have to have their own books because what they believe is not found in the message. Amen. They add here, they take away there, and soon the message is no longer pure and the revival dies down. How? Careful we must be to hear one voice, for the Spirit has but one voice, which is the voice of God. Amen. And we heard the voice of God in this age. Amen. I don't need you to bring clarity. We need to say what the prophet said. Amen. Brother Branham, Brother Branham said, you know, uh, this as, as he began to cry out about these things and the voice of the sign. He said he heard their cries and their groans and their prayers. They were only waiting for God. God was waiting on them. He had his prophet out there in the wilderness, speaking of Moses, but he was only waiting for his people to call him into action. And I believe he has the same thing today, waiting for his church to call it on the scene so he can act. The promise of today is ready, but he has got to get the people praying and groaning like they were down there, and then it'll come on the scene. When the people, amen, I God's got the word ready, but you've got to get in a place where, God, I want you amen. more than life. Amen. Amen, where people don't just, oh, yeah, I need the Holy Ghost. You know, I got this pornography, I got this, and I'm grieved here and there. But until God, if you don't give me the Holy Ghost, amen, I'm going to die right here. Till you become desperate? They call for revival. Brother Branham said, he said, how can you have revival when the Word can't work through you? He said, I'd like people to answer that. How can you do it when you deny the very revival itself? Well did the prophet speak of forms of godliness. Now we're living in some serious times. We're living where people are in the spirit of this age where knowledge has increased and the spirit of rebellion is upon people. There's more people are in the spirit of the end time. They really are. But let me tell you, there's a bride who also will be in the spirit of the end time. And when we begin to see God move among us, when we begin to see miracles happen, amen, when we see one like Sister Karen who, was, who the doctors didn't give five minutes to live or maybe five years, but whatever, she would, she would not have any quality of life and see her in the service today well and whole. Hallelujah. Amen. When we see a miracle like Sister Lana. Amen. One day sick, didn't feel good. Same way all the way through. Yet, yet there's something empowered her and moved her out of her seat. And around the building she ran, declaring her victory. Amen. What happened? She goes back to the doctor the next day. It's gone. When we see miracles of salvation. Amen. Stand up, Brother Vic. Amen. Stand up right there. Amen. The miracle of salvation. A man adrift and lost for years and years and years. But one moment in his presence changed him forever. Amen. Stand up, Brother Philip. A man that was there with amnesia and forgot and was lost. Looking in an old tower. And God had spoke through Brother Timothy and said, what you have seen in the natural, you will see in the supernatural. When, uh, when Adriana was raised up from a brain concussion. Amen. A bear boy, a little girl who couldn't see. And God raised her up. And God said, What you see done in the natural, you're going to see it in the supernatural. And that week, amen, God moved on that man. Amen. With a pile of prayer cloths underneath his mattresses. Prayed on by every preacher as her family was praying and believing. Amen. Sister Mandy was about ready to give up. She was right on the verge to give in. Aren't you glad you didn't give up? Amen. What about you? Some of you were on the verge of giving up. Hallelujah. But what happened? God, rich in mercy, came by your way and changed your life. (laughs) Happened to you, Angel made a real angel out of you hallelujah what one moment in his presence and we see things like this begin to happen in ought to annoy our faith if god can reach out and find a lost boy like philip he can find your son your daughter he can find your husband your wife He can find your situation because this God is a God who can reach further down than any of us can look up. In other words, he can reach further down than even what I can look up and see because many of people I gave up on that God didn't. He said, when Moses began to see what God was doing, it anointed his faith to go to work. And what it, all it ought it do to us? We need a repentance. I'm quoting now. We need a revival. I'm saying myself. Okay, your brother Brandon would put himself there. Shouldn't you? Hey Amen. I'm saying myself, I need a shaking. I need something. I, I, was, I said I was speaking to myself this morning about myself. I need awakening up. And when I see, think of the great evidence and everything so perfectly laid out in an anointed of Moses' faith, he said, what ought it do to us to see what God has done in our generation? Amen. Hallelujah. Well... Brother Tim, I'll tell you, there's no hope for this kind of revival you're expecting. It's because it's a word revival. You know, it's the word only now. You you just said it, Brother Tim. There's only one remedy to regain his favor, and that's back to the word. Well, I'd like to share with you this and from Broken Sisters. Now, not I'm trying to support ignorance. I'm trying to tell you the difference. Education can never bring life. It takes the Spirit of God to bring life. And life must not come out of just the intellectual revival. It's got to come out of the Bible word revival. And that word is the same yesterday, today, and forever. So it's Jesus Christ the same yesterday. That's Hebrews 13.8. And when it falls today and quickens, notice it's got life in it. It's not a dead theology. You get the same results You did in Acts 2. So word revival quickens. Amen. And it falls and it quickens and you get the same results you did in Acts 2. That's what a word revival does. So when we look at some of this stuff called the word revival and we don't see Acts 2, we see no quickening power. It ain't the word. It comes from a polished up soothsayer who polished up the message to fit his own agenda. And the message, look, he said, if obeying this word, taking this range finder, in other words, he was talking about bringing it into focus. Focus. He looked out with a pair of binoculars and range finder there to, you know, and he, and he looked out instead of seeing one antelope, he was seeing three. And he said, I had to bring it into focus. And when it focused, it focused down to one. That's what happened with our Tunis brothers. They got the message and got to study and look and they got out of focus and they forgot the focus that Brother Branham said, you're supposed to be seeing one. And he said, and bring it down to place till I can see the same thing those apostles saw. Uh-oh. If I bring it into focus, Amen. I'm going to see the same thing those apostles saw. Right. Amen. The same gospel they preach and produce the same results because it did for them in a strike." the target every time, no matter what the church has said and the people claims to be. He said, that's what I want to look at, that word to see it. It's exactly in focus to see the same vision they saw and to do the same job it did for them. It'll heal the sick. It'll raise the dead. It'll cast out devils. It'll bring forth a glorious church who is willing to sell, seal their testimony with their own blood if it comes necessary to do that. That's what happens when a word revival comes. Amen. Amen. God in simplicity. Brother Branham said, when man gets so educated and smart, till he tries to put his own interpretation. Well, like they say, the baptism of the Holy Ghost. So, oh, that was for another day. But, but if they don't, well, it wasn't for another day. But I tell you, it didn't come like they did on the day of Pentecost. We receive the Holy Ghost when we believe and stuff like that. You see, there are those who absolutely have went to seed on the quotes that this is not the day of Pentecost or the repeat or the return. We got something different. The seven seals have been opened. Amen. Hey man, hey, what, what was Brother Branham saying? He said, this is not the return of Pentecost. We, we, you know, the word that came on the day of Pentecost won't work for today. You, you're not going to get an upper room. You're not going to be with 120. Come on. And the Holy Ghost, you wait on it for 14 days or how many it was. You see, that's, that's not the word that for, for today. The, that has already been released. We don't have to wait on the Holy Ghost. You can receive it right now, today, in your seat, down at the altar, in your bedroom, in your car. Philip's brother was driving down the street and he made a goof in in the traffic somehow and he let out some expletives Another boy away from God, just like Philip, let out a bunch of expletives, drove on a little bit down the road, and began to think, I shouldn't do that. That shouldn't be what happens. And the Holy Spirit started dealing with his heart and changed him right there in that car. Yes. One moment, a sinner. The next moment, because of being in His presence, a child of God. Hallelujah, Amen. You don't have to wait a hundred, you know, or or forty days, or or fifteen days, or two weeks, or ten days, or whatever it was in the upper room. Right now, you shall receive power after the Holy Ghost comes upon you, and you might have just done something awful. You might be living in just awful sin, but in just one moment of turning to God and repenting, God can change your life. But people live in a glare in the midst of darkness. The glare is not the real light. They're mirages. And we've got as many message mirages where they've claimed to see things that ain't there. All of these glares. Brother Branham was talking to a priest who he had a, he had a conversation with. and You know, he was telling him, you know, you're the mess. You're, 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 we're the first church and this and that. And it's what the church said. And he said to the priest, this Catholic priest, if you're all the original church and you went after the doctrine of these men that said at Nicaea, Why is it you haven't got the power they had back there in the beginning then? Why don't you do the things they did which Jesus said? Are you with me? These people were claiming to have the true doctrine. We got the doctrine of the Trinity. We got the doctrine of the priesthood. We got the doctrine, you know, of, of celibacy, and we got this doctrine of Virgin Mary. And we are with the original church, and we've got the original doctrine. We are the church. And Brother Bradman said, if you got the true doctrine, then why don't you have the power they had? Oh, we got the Perugia. we got the thunders, we got this, and we got that. Well, then why don't you have the power that they had back there? If it's true doctrine, where are the results? Amen. No, I'm not talking to a Roman Catholic, I'm just talking to more Catholics. Oh, we're more people said, we're different age, and that's what they'll tell you. We're, this is not the day of Pentecost. But yet, Malachi 4 was to turn us back to the faith of Pentecost. Amen. The original word, word by word. Amen. Come on, that's what Malachi 4 does. He said, but he said, they said, oh, we got more people now, and we live in a different age. But he said, the word doesn't change. These signs shall follow them to all the ages. Heaven and earth will pass away, but my word shall never, shall never. And he said, well, well, the priest said, but you're talking a Bible, about a Bible. And he said, yes, the Word, which is Christ, that's right. So I've got all your writings, facts of faith and, and, and so forth. And, and uh, you know, those, if those men that, who wrote the Bible walked side by side with Jesus, and you say they were, they were Catholic and they wrote the Bible, don't you think they know more about the will of God and the commands of God than this modern bunch today? He said, notice if it's the church, then when they obeyed what God said originally, and it's the Word of God, look at the miracles and signs and so forth they had, and you don't have them at all today. It's an evidence that God is not with you. Let that ring around the world just a moment. Because I ain't preaching to the Catholic Church. I'm preaching to message people. Let it ring around the world. Let it ring in this church. Yeah. You say, if we don't have them, it's evidence God isn't with us. Right. Right. Well, you don't understand, Brother Tim. You're without understanding. You see, you're, you're, you're Pentecostal and you're thinking there's just nothing more promised. We have seen the last sign of the Son of Man, and it's the last sign. Well, let me just read you a few quotes. Because if you're pointing back something 50 years ago, then you're looking in a rearview mirror. If you think that was your last sign, I'm saying you're looking in a rearview mirror. We passed that sign now 55 years or more. And go wait, Jesus, Brother Brandon said, the Bible said just before the Antiluvian destruction, Jesus said, so shall it. Will it be in the coming of the Son of Man as it was in the days of Noah? There will be giants in the earth. There were giant, great statured men. And today, there's intellectual giants. Come on. He brings it right over. He said... Today, they're giants, but they're intellectual giants. There's men who are great men, great powerful men. They know the Greek just like they know the Hebrew, everything. They can set it together so intellectual. But where is that revival? Where is that God that burns on the heart of the human being? Not how intellectual it is. It takes simplicity to bring the power of God. And as I was with Moses, this is a 60 sermon, but it's, it's wonderful. Oh, how the church ought to look this morning to find the Spirit working amongst the people. If you want a church home where the Spirit uh, that raised Christ from the dead... The Holy Spirit will move among the people. That's the spirit that God is raising up in the last day to take the people over into the other land, into the full promise of all the blessings of God, and to the full commission that He gave or the promise. The promises to you and your children as Israel uh, sought that promised land, knowing it was somewhere because they had been somebody there. So before, so is the church. We know there's a land somewhere. There's a power somewhere because there were others over there. We know there's a land beyond the river where we're headed toward this morning trying to go to that promised land. Amen. So you see Joshua, he knew that that land was there. He went first and he come back as a witness. Amen. And that's the only way that you can know that the land is really there is you go over and taste the fruits and bring it back with a changed life. Somebody with me? God called ministers ought not to be stuffed with theology, but to have visited the land where they're going, bringing back the evidence of the divine love and the power of Jesus Christ to make known to their congregation that there's a land beyond the river. Amen. Amen. But Brother Tim, we're astronauts, you know, we're not in the plane age, we're we're just not flying around here low like the Pentecostals did, or we're not in the horse and buggy age, and we're not in just the car age, we're in the astronaut age, all right? So he says, he said, we have moved out of the airplane age, we got more power now. The astronaut age has come in. What we have come into a spiritual age of astronauts. See, going above. It's the same spirit, only more power. Amen. 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 Come on. It was the same spirit with Wesley than what that was with, with Luther. Come on. But it was just more power. It was the same spirit that was with Wesley in Pentecost, but it was just more power. It's the same Holy Ghost in the Azusa movement that's here now. Just more power. Only lifted higher can go higher, see more, believe more, be more like Christ. Not the automobile, not the horse and buggy, not, not the airplane, but the astronaut. He speaks on the above uh, each one. It's called the eagle age. How many knows you're an eagle age? Amen. Amen. God calls prophets eagle eagle age. We realize in the Bible in Malachi 4, we're promised the last day. He likens his prophets to eagles. He calls himself the eagle. He is a great eagle, and he's able to achieve himself a bride. He's going to in this last days to be able to get that bride, that ministry that's so exactly like man and his wife becomes one. And when Jehovah gets his people like him, then he lives in his people, and they are one. And it fulfills the scripture exactly what he said. In St. John 14, 12, he that believeth on me, the works that I do shall he do also. And it's to fulfill what Jesus said would take place as it was in the days of Sodom. So shall it be in the coming of the Son of Man. Now is the astronaut age. The astronaut sees things, the horse rider, the automobile, the airplanes. either sees He goes higher. The airplane is down here bouncing around in the clouds, having blowouts and hit downs and everything. But he goes beyond the clouds of creeds and denomination moves to heaven, plumb away from everything. The astronaut age, we're living in the astronaut age just as sure as God has testified by the natural happenings there. So he's he's testifying if if we've achieved an astronaut. God has achieved what he promised to achieve in the last days according to Malachi 4, only that he has to get somebody in his hand who can cut loose from the airplanes and automobiles, what more, not look back to what it was, but more power Amen. to lift him higher, lift him into the presence of God, lift him up where all things are possible. So if you're an astronaut, then you're in that age that it lifts you up where all things are possible. Amen. And the countdown message, Brother Branham says, there is, the hour is coming, the hour will come when we'll have to have rapture power. Not only to heal the body, but to change it in a moment in a twinkling of an eye. Christ will be so real into their bodies till he can change it. By his great death, what he purchased. And today, that token I spoke of last night, hold it before them and walk into this astronaut. And he's in prayer. Granted, Father, where visions, oh, in the astronaut, where vision, powers, world beyond, known, and oh God, where all the great mysteries is unfolded in these seven seals, is made known to man. So it's not just doctrine, there's a power that comes with it. It's not just a mechanics, but there's a dynamics that goes with it. Amen. So now we come down here. So you said, but it's the age of the Son of Man. We've seen the last sign. The last thing that the church is going to see is Christ manifested in his power in fullness in his church just before the fire falls. Right. Hallelujah. Right. Hallelujah. Right. You are that last sign. Hallelujah. Are you with me? And he said the church is ready. She's sealed in to ready to come. There will be a big outpouring of the Spirit, yes, sir, to grab that church and take her into the skies. Because, see, the church, the Word, the bride in Christ's ministry is in his bride, which is his body, the supernatural spiritual body of his on the earth. His spirit is in there living his life right now until him and the church becomes one in the wedding, until they become one. Amen. Again, in what shall we do with Jesus? He said, God's little flock that believes the word, the mechanics is ready too. We've had 50 years of teaching. It's ready for the dynamics to set it afire with the Holy Ghost. Fear not, little flock. It's your Father's good will to give you the kingdom. The Holy Ghost will strike a little church that has come out from the world, women that wears long hair, Nazarite, to prove they're separated from the world. Hallelujah. Oh, he says, in the, and it is, it is, is your life worthy of the gospel? In the day and hour, well, there ain't no more coming in. You know, I have been to churches. I have stood and preached in churches where the pastor told me, where people come to me, actually, Have you seen anybody saved lately? I said, yeah. Really? I mean, I don't mean in the church, you know, people raise, I I mean out in the world and they come in. Yeah. I've seen them come right out of the world and saved. Huh. I wonder why it was a huh like that when an elder preacher would tell me that until I sat down with the pastor and said you know God told me and showed me that mercy was over in 2000 and there ain't going to be no more saved I thought who, who, when did God die and leave you in charge amen for you to make such a foolish conjecture like that now that's been 20 years ago and look at the opportunities that's been wasted. Because people didn't even have faith to even invite their neighbor. To invite their schoolmate or anybody else to church. Because there was no hope of salvation in that church. I tell you, it's time to get out of that rotten church. Ichabod is written over the door. You blasphemed away the Holy Spirit. I hate to say that. Because good people get trapped in places like that. Just like in Baptist and Methodist and Presbyterian, good people get trapped in that. God's going to send another shaking. Brother Brandon said, in this, he, he was saying in 1963 after the seals, he said he bit three times, three times he sent out. They did not listen to the feast. He went and come again and said, go compel those people to come in. The table has got to be set. The table is ready. And there's still room. And he said the last call was to go out on the highways and the byways. That's fine. Hallelujah. On the highways and byways where there's drug addicts, yeah. prostitutes, yes. harlots, yes. whoremongers, yes. filthiness. Yes. And God put a tug on their heart because they're a predestinated seed yes. and bring them in. And we've got to have an atmosphere here when God brings them here that they can find Christ. Not an attitude of us for no more in the room, you know, it's already closed and it's already over and it's already finished up and there's no more room. There's still room. And I want to tell you, if you're lost right now, today in this church around the world, there's still room for you. Hallelujah! a year little sister writing me, Sarah, saying I was a prodigal. I was in sin. The last thing my daddy wanted before he died was to see me saved. And now, Brother Tripp, I'm, I'm saved. I'm saved. I'm saved. I didn't build this building for COVID. I built this building so the prodigals could come home. I didn't build it for social distances. I built it so that God could come down in our midst and the Holy Ghost move throughout the place and sinners sweep their way to Calvary. <clears throat> I'm giving you the word. There's still room. The table is ready, but there's still room. And the last call, and listen what he says. He said, maybe in the next few months or something, or year, or whatever it is, God is going to send another shaking across the country. For there's somebody still out there somewhere. Amen. I just caught sight of a man right there, put his handkerchief to his face and weeping right there because one day in our dedication service, a man who had wandered and, and had been up and down and in and out for years and years and years and years, but he heard a message of how God would meet a man and on a log and change his life forever and right there on that log, on that pew, right up there in that mezzanine, God met him and changed him forever. I tell you, it's time for backsliders to come home, for the cold and the indifferent to get a fire within their bosom and become the revival. It's time for the church to get ready for a celebration. Hallelujah. Not like, act like the older brother. We don't want them. They strayed. They've been this. They've been up and down, and they've never supported, and they wasn't here when we needed them, and this, but oh, no, bring the patty calf. Hallelujah. Oh, you older brother. so well, why do they get the patty calf? I've struggled, and I've been here. It's always been available to you, but you didn't make yourself. You didn't avail yourself of it. Every day, come on. You who have never strayed, every day you can have a celebration. We'll kill a fatty calf. Hallelujah. Every service is a service where the fatty calf can be killed and dancing clothes be put on and rejoicing. This is a God rich in mercy. God is going to send another shaking across the country for there's still somebody out there somewhere that's a predestinated seed that the light has to fall on somewhere, somewhere in the world. The nation itself is gone. Amen. Somebody water this horse. Where is that? Amen. I got another load to pull. Hallelujah. And the message, the token. I'm looking for a time of a break forth of the Spirit of God in these last days that we're living in now for another surge of the Holy Spirit into the church for a rapture and faith just before it comes. And everything is sitting straight and ordered for that. And I believe we're at a time that the Word should have preeminence. And I believe it's time we ought to lay down our creeds and our thoughts and come back to the word. Hello, message believer, today. Lay down your creeds and your thoughts and the way you think it ought to be. Come on, come back to the word. Give that word preeminence. Hallelujah, get the Holy Spirit preeminence where he can move in the service. Hallelujah, where he can reveal himself. Perfect faith, Brother Bradham said, I'm trying to get the church into a place where we can really see apostolic times among us, moving among us. That's what we all hunger. I wonder if you're in step with the prophet. Amen. Amen. And it's just laying right at the door. We, We see it. Hallelujah. Amen. I pointed out this morning, we see it, but we want to see more of it. We want it to such flow that it'll be a help to us and flow out to others. And three kinds of believers, Brother Brandon said, that's the reason. I do believe when the bride is called out and elected and said in the book of life, there will come a sound from heaven that will take such a baptism of the Holy Spirit into that bride that will take her from the earth in a rapture in grace. He said, God promised it. Now, Listen. I don't care how many science, how many astronauts they signed up, and everything else, and how many million miles they can see. I don't care nothing about that. There is a heaven, and there is a literal Jesus Christ there that will come in a body form to receive his church to himself. No matter how old that story seems, it's still the truth. Amen. God said so. That's what believers believe. Hallelujah. Amen. Again, he would preach an invisible union. Just just weeks before he would be taken, some of you that really believe this to be the truth, that we're entering another age. We're entering the rapture age. You know, the church can't go in its condition. It can't get any better. It must get worse. How many knows that? It's got to get worse, and it can't go like this it's got to be something and it's moving right on now, friend. It's on. The move is on for the bride. That is the truth. That's thus saith the Lord. One of the last times this prophet would say, thus saith the Lord. He said the move is on for the bride. That's the truth. That's thus saith the Lord. Now, I don't care what you're seeing around you. The move is on. Amen. Amen. But, oh, no, don't think it's going to be a worldwide sweeping revival. Amen. where that everybody's going to come. And, hey, you know, it's going, to, it's going to shake up the White House. And America will come back to God. Nations will bow. It. it won't happen that way. Amen. Listen to your prophet and see not air with a shuck. And one of his, in 1965, Sarah tried to bring the promise of the supernatural by a handpicked Hagar. And that's what we've tried to do. we tried this doctrine and that doctrine, and by our own handpicked Hagar, make the word happen. And so has the church trying to bring a revival. Our evangelists across the countries today, a revival in our time. A revival in our time. All you Methodists, Baptists, Pentecostals, all get together. How can you have a revival of fresh manna on an old dead vulture? How can you have a revival in our time? Listen, the revival will be so small, they'll never know it ever happened. The revival will be so small, the world will never know it ever happened. We're not going to shake and get in the newspaper. Oh. We're not going to be out here, you know, on, on CNN, God forbid. My right. hey man, you'd have to be liberal to do that. Right. And you'd have to be Catholic to get on Fox News. Because right. right. they're the last thing. Can you imagine the whore is the only thing that's got virtues anymore? Right. And that is the status of. Oh, maybe I shouldn't get into politics, but that's the status of the, of, of, of the movement, the, the, the conservative movement today. Catholics. Amen. Their voices, Sean Hannity, Rush Limbaugh, all of these people, you know, crying out, crying out against abortion, against these other things, the Roman Catholics. Amen. You know, what are they doing? They're trying to tell the harlots, you're worse than we are. You see, the Pentecostal says there's going to be a great thing happening. It's happening, and they don't know it. See, that's it for the word. The carcass is there. The eagles will be gathered just as sure as the world. That's what it said. What is the carcass? The word. He is the word. The carcass, Christ. Christ in you, the same yesterday, today, and forever. Uh, how true it is. Sarah, trying to get all the promises fulfilled. Do You see, in a great, like the church today, a revival in our time. What? By perverted promise? How are you going to do it when God never blessed our organization? God never did use an organization. When a message went forth, they organized and it died right there. Amen. He goes on and talks about it, how it died. And he said, He said but now he has moved out of the Lutheran to Methodist into Methodist and the Pentecostal, now moved out of the Pentecostal into the seed. Yeah. Because it has to be the seed, you can't beat nature. There is no nothing else there that will happen but the seed. So the seed, somebody get with me, the seed will produce itself. He is the same yesterday, today, and forever. The same pillar of fire, showing the same sign, the same power, the same God, the same miracles, the same thing, vindicated the Word and the Bible just exactly. He's the same yesterday, today, and forever. So the seed will manifest itself right. in power. Amen. I hadn't hardly got anywhere where I want to go this morning. Let me bring it down to a few things. God's only provided place of worship one of his last sermons in Freeport. just before God takes him. He recounts some dreams and things that ones have had about seeing a horse rider and him riding the trail once more. Oh, yeah. Of course, we got people that want to grab that and run with it, you know. So we got this guy down in Trinidad. He's a great horse rider riding from the West Indies and riding back east to America, and he's got the revival now. Blasphemy, and he said, "I was getting, I'm getting old." He was only fifty-six. That's young, ain't it? Amen. And he said, "I'm getting old," and I thought, "Will there be another revival? I'll see another time, and just remember from the west." Will come a white horse rider. We'll ride this trail again. That's right. We're ready. It's a promise. Yeah. Brother Branham really thought his ministry would go for another ride. He died only eight weeks after this. And it's obvious by now that he won't. For he said the only time he will preach is as a mortal. And when he returns with the saints, he will be immortal. (laughs) Amen. I realize some will get offended at this, but, you know, let me just say it while we're dealing with things. The return ministry bunch is conjectured and surmised at what's going to happen and have dried up on the vine and are dead, dead, dead. And the poor things can't repent, so they, they keep on doggedly insisting their same old nonsense. And they don't have a single quote where Brother Brandon says, when I rise again, I'm going to have a ministry. I'll preach to the Jews. I'll do this. or I'll do that. Not one quote. Right. Just foolish conjecturing and speculation. And they've made our enemies laugh us to scorn. But I want to give it real loud and clear. This message still lives on. The messenger may be in the grave, but this message still lives on. And the bride, according to Revelation 10:8, is the one who prophesies again to every nation, kindred, tongue, and people. So, is there possibility of revival? the world falling apart, Brother Branham said, it seems like a drying out of the churches. Can't hardly find a church anymore that's alive with the Word and the Spirit of God. And great things taking place like it was not long ago. And here's where we're at. When we come down to the next one, I'm going to deal with two different subjects that Brother Branham dealt with. Two thoughts that he interwove back and forth in his ministry, after the seals were opened. One thought was contained in "Be not afraid." Testimony on the sea. Go awake, Jesus. And others that dealt were the disciples, were between revivals, and were testifying of the past, and yet had gone off without Jesus. And it describes where we're at today in so many places across the world. We went off without Jesus. And we talk about the glories of the past. And the second thought that Brother Branham had, which I'll probably take next week, was of Samson who cried once more, Lord. And Brother Bradham preached a sermon on Samson as the as a present state of the church, a deceived church by the world, and warned his own church of being blinded and defeated and scarred and scarred and scared. Scared of the new birth. But I want to give you a promise. We're not leaving out of here in defeat we're not leaving out of here dragging and a bunch of hope so's, and barely making it in. Amen. No sir. Amen. We will leave out of here as an invincible army. And I want to tell you today, you're not a bunch of cowards. You are that invincible army that God is called who can recognize the true spirit in the framework of the Christian church and discern it and a people who know their God that Satan will be powerless before them. And I'm speaking to a bride around the world, not just here in this building, but around the world who's that kind of people. A people who says, I want God more than anything. I don't want to be Doty Laodicean. I don't want to be a backslidden butt. I don't want to be carried away with the things of this world. I want to be sold out and consecrated and dedicated and my life given to him. I want to be a 100%. Hallelujah. Young people who know their God, who want to be a 100%. Middle-aged, young men, young women, married couples, old people who says, I want to be that revival. Amen. I want that revival in my life. I need a shaking. I need a stirring up. I need a repenting. I need a coming back. I need a changing of my attitude. I want to come back and be a real church. Who is that group? Who is that people who after Samson was shaved, new locks started coming back in? Who is that people? Who is that people? Can reach back there and say, It's growing again. I feel it's coming where I can tie seven locks again. Same power of God in every church age. And there's power returning. And I feel it begin to surge up in me. And I'm getting ready for that time, for my final time, where I can get vengeance on that devil. Who has destroyed faith in the hearts of the people? Where I can get vengeance? With my blinded eyes, that the church is at? Where I can get vengeance? I want to say, who is that people, Brother Branham saw when he went down through that spooky forest that was groaning out there in the wind? Oh, days of miracles are past. An old Burnover Forest. Who is that people? That he looked and he saw underneath them. They looked down on him. But underneath them, there's some little, little trees growing up. And where these are groaning, (laughs) these are rejoicing. And they are waving in the wind of the Holy Spirit and saying, Yes, he's alive. Yes, she's resurrected. Yes, she's in our midst. Yes, she's the same yesterday, today, and forever. And the Holy Spirit blows through the church. And they don't groan. Oh, how long will this be today? How long will this be? Oh, I'm so worried. Oh, they don't groan, they say. Hallelujah. Pour it out, Lord send the Holy Ghost. Move through this building. Move through this church. Move through these individuals. Hallelujah, people that are alive that can sway in the moving of the Holy Ghost. Will you stand together with me? (coughs) Hallelujah. Amen. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Will you worship him just a moment? Come on. Thank you, Jesus. He brought me out. He brought me out. Oh, I thank God he brought me out. Just look out yonder where I could been. But oh, praise God, he brought me in. Aren't you glad for that today? Amen. Let the Holy Spirit just move in your life right now, in your heart, and just say, Lord, change me in your presence. Change me in your presence, Lord. Let me have that consecration, that walk, shake me down, get all the world out. I see you moving. I see the COVID virus going around. I know the Holy Spirit's got to be moving somewhere. Amen. I see sickness and death and this and that and that. I know that the Holy Spirit's got to be somewhere. Moving in the lives of hearts, let it move on me. Hey, Amen. Let it move on me. If he said the move is on for the bride, that's thus saith the Lord. Then why don't you say, Lord, let that move be in me this morning? Move me, Lord, in your presence. Move me, Lord. Oh, God, feel me again feel me again revive us again is there hope of revival no pentecost you've seen your revival methodist baptist you've seen your revival i mean you're past in america you're past your revival but you as an individual you can have an old-fashioned pentecostal revival anytime right now amen you can have the freedom of the spirit like you've never known the joy like you've never had move out in the spirit into the astronaut age where all things are possible to them that believe. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Just keep worshiping him. Amen. Come on. Keep praising him just a moment. Hallelujah. It ain't just in the singing of the songs and we start singing the songs right there. You begin to call out on God. I need that revival in my heart. I want to get ready for it, Lord. I want you to move. I need a shaking down. I need a coming to reality of what you're doing in this age. I want to experience it, Lord, in my life. Let the whims of the Holy Spirit move in my heart, Lord. Move in my life. I need a refreshing from the presence of God. Oh, God, move through your people today. Move around the world, Lord. Let there be an awakening in the hearts. Amen. But let it be a drive on the inside of a heart. Amen. Oh, like it was the other day when Brother Ron was preaching and he got a reality. I must get to Jesus. I must get to Jesus. Someone drive 17 hours to go to Brother Brandon's meeting, die in in, a terrible condition to go get to Jesus. And he said, I must get to Jesus. And he drove for 17 hours, come in there, and we had the Holy Spirit move time after time after time until it so energized him. He said, I've had an energy like I've never known Things have begun to happen and going to the doctors and they're saying cancers are dying. Amen. May the cancers that are holding back the church. May they realize they are dying. May the church realize I'm getting free. I'm laying aside every weight and every sin that so easily beset me. I'm coming to a new consecration in Christ. Let him breathe on me. Let the Holy Spirit just come, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Let's sing that song, he's all I need. He's all I need. And just worship him just a moment. He's all I need. Is that D? You put it C. He's all I need.
1: He's all. As I walk, oh come on, I'm here to say let me walk, close to thee, sing it with me now, oh just up closer, walk with thee, let's invite him to walk with me. new
0: rapture, resurrection will come and then the rapture God, it's to come that
1: time it will be no, Lord, let me just feel that sweet come over me
0: Mercy than you did, and He calls again. Come, you sinners, lost and lonely. Jesus' blood can make you free. Or He saved the worst among you when He saved a wretch like me. Amen. You remember how it was? You felt like you was the one.
1: Before he said he saved
2: the worst, worst upon you remember where you are when he said But he saved the red the wretch like He's me. killing
1: the Satan business
2: today And I Right now,
1: maybe somebody needs to step out of their
0: seat. Say, I'm ready to surrender my life. I'm ready to make that, have that change. Amen. Maybe some of you, you repent and you were baptized, but you know you need the Holy Ghost. do not you invite him into your life this morning? Say,
1: right now, today. Amen. And I know, yes, I know, there you go, Jesus' blood can make the vilest sinner
0: clean. Come on now. Some of you, sisters, gather around this one right here. Amen. Here's a brother coming right now, right over here on this side, brother. Amen. Brother Aaron, right there. Amen. Pray with this. And some of you brothers, come gather around this one. Forget your of distance this morning. let see the Holy Spirit move.
1: Amen.
0: Hallelujah. I'm scared of the virus. I'm more scared of the death angel. Come to the land that's destroying souls. Hallelujah. Thank
2: you, Jesus. You to oh, yes. The path
3: of Thank you, Jesus.
2: Safety. Glory. Again Hallelujah. To make
1: that full surrender. Hallelujah. Every
3: day. Glory to God.
2: Oh, Amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Yes, I know. Jesus' blood can make the vile sinner please. Can That's right. The virus make the violence stop. And I know, yes, I know, Jesus' blood can make the violence to me